If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. The day science begins to study non-physical phenomena, it will make more progress in one decade than in all the previous centuries of its existence. Nikola Tesla. Welcome to The Frequency Shifter Show. I'm your host, Corinne Summers, founder of Artisan Pharmacy. In this show, we explore ways to raise the frequency of ourselves, one another, and our planet. We're digging deep into all things metaphysical, from what is frequency, to the power of sound, the Schumann resonance, our DNA, Reiki, the energy of water, and beyond. All to shift our minds and bodies back into alignment with richer states of connection, elevated awareness, and maximum human potential. And we're bringing on the global experts and thought leaders to share their wisdom as they let us pick their brains around all these juicy, mysterious topics. First of all, I don't know who Ricky is and metaphysical, Schumann's Renaissance. What are you? I don't even know. What are you talking about? Wait a minute. I need us to take a step back and calm down. What are we even talking about here? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, I have a co-host. The universe insisted. What can I say? This is Alex Terranova, founder of Dream Mason. He's sort of a newbie to some of this frequency stuff, and he's going to help keep everything balanced, grounded, and relatable. So this show isn't just for the experts to nerd out on all things metaphysical, but it's an open welcome space for everyone to explore the mysteries of the universe and raise our frequencies together. Hi, and welcome back to The Frequency Shifter Show. My name is Corrine Summers, founder of Artisan Pharmacy, here with my amazing co-host, Alex Terranova, founder of Dream Mason. Alex, how's it going? I'm good. First session of the new year. I know, it's exciting. I don't know how you feel about the new year, but I feel like, man, I, I feel like ready to take off personally. I also feel like I've been doing a lot of spiritual work. Like I have guides and spirits and like, like, I feel like there's like hands all over me. Like I am, Mm. like I'm being ushered into something. And it's funny Mm. because I've had a lot of fear in the end of last year and the beginning of this year of this fear of being lonely and being alone. And the interesting thing is right with my, with my dog, I can't ever be alone, but also that I'm tapping into and getting supported by others that are reminding me that like, I'm like, there's beings that are with me that like energy, even if it's just energy that's with me, that. I actually need to like hang on to because it has me not be alone either. So I'm, I'm like really excited. I had a great year and I'm really excited for what this year is, what, what's going to happen this year. What about you? Yeah, I'm feeling really, really similar. I also struggled with a lot of loneliness, as you know, in 2020 and, you know, finding new ways of being and, and new, new things to do uh, in the absence of being out there hosting lots of events and, and seeing lots of people. Um, and so it sort of became a year of renewal and rebirth, going inward and revamping my business, starting this podcast, which is really in line with the direction I want everything to go. Um, and yeah, I'm here for it. I'm ready for 2021 as well. I'm glad that I took such a big step back to care for my mental health, my physical health, you know, spent a lot of time on, you know, every area of my mind, body, well-being. And I'm glad that I did that because now I feel really ready to and prepare to like take off in, in 2021. So cool. we're just going to carry this energy with us and spread it as far as we can. <laughs> I, have, 
I have one, two questions for you that we could do like rapid fire and we could even ask our guests when, when we get there, if she wants to answer them too. And I'm happy to answer them if you want, but what's the one thing that you learned in 2020 and what's the thing that you want to learn in 2021? Oh gosh, on the spot. I know you weren't expecting this. This, no, is how, this is how we roll. I know. Um, gosh, the biggest thing I learned, um, I guess it's okay to slow down and it's okay to say, and say no. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, taking that time for myself was really critical. Um, one thing I want to learn, well, my mantra of 2021 is fun, spark joy. I want to have as much fun and bring fun back to, you know, I lost some of the energy and excitement that I used to carry with me in like the heaviness of everything that we had to process in 2020 and just all the alone time. So I'm, I'm ready to make this the year of finding ways to bring fun into even the most mundane and just choosing joy in every day and every moment as often as I can. Nice. Choosing the body chemistry, biochemistry of joy. But um, I think I you should that. answer those two in a minute, but that's actually a great segue into today's cool. amazing guest, uh, Kayla, Oster- Kayla Osterhoff. Thank you so much for being here with us. Kayla is the founder and CEO of BioCurious, the host of, of the BioCurious podcast, and the co-founder and CSO of the Power Program for Women. So as a health scientist, a professional athlete, an entrepreneur, all about optimizing health, well-being, and our, our mind, body, well-being. Uh, Kayla, thanks again for being here with us. How's it going today? Good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited for this conversation and just listening to both of you talk about the energy of 2021 and bringing in the lessons and learnings from 2020. I am so excited to dive in, especially about the biochemistry and neurochemistry of, you know, raising our vibration and calling in the things that we want to and being in alignment with that. Um, I think we could have a cool conversation about that today. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your answers to Alex's questions? Your number one thing from 2020 and then 2021. Yes. So 2020 for me was all about the pivot. It was about learning how to let go of control, which for me, my personality type and uh, my just kind of subconscious programming, letting go of control is very, very difficult. Uh, so this year I, I had so many beautiful lessons in that. It was kind of like every time I had this amazing, complex plan to bring out all of these new programs and launch things and work with these amazing partners and do all these events and everything, I had all my decks in a row. And then of course the pandemic happens. And that really threw a wrench in everything. The pandemic made us all pivot. It changed all of our routines. It changed all of our normal. What we, what we knew as normal last year is now different. And it really, really changed our neurochemistry and our subconscious programming, whether we're aware of it or not. And so for me, it was about understanding that that was going on and leveraging those unique, what some could see as, um, as detrimental things, but leveraging those unique opportunities for growth and to change and for prosperity and joy. And so this year is all about fostering those gifts that we were given in 2020 
and bringing them forward and integrating them into our path forward in 2021. I love that. That's so great. Um, What do we need to know? Like, what do we need to know about you for people that aren't familiar with who you are and what you do? Like, what do we need to know about you from like a foundational level? And like, what's your expertise and what's the impact you're trying to have? Yeah. So my background is varied in the health sciences um, and very traditional path. So uh, my undergrad is in uh, health ecology, and I actually worked for several years in physical therapy and was headed to physical therapy school uh, for my master's. However, I switched gears um, because at the time my mom had been uh, going through an opioid addiction and I was very angry at the health system and I was very angry at the medical system for causing this for her and for letting her down and letting all of us down in my family. Um, So I pivoted and I went to get my master's in public health. Um, From there, I went on to work at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for several years as a health scientist. I worked in global health primarily. I worked on all of the um, emergency responses. I did Zika. I did Ebola. And then um, I, I briefly worked on the coronavirus response before I officially retired from CDC uh, to venture out on my own in March of last year. And so we're coming up on a year where I've been out on my own. Um, And now I am also um, in the middle of my PhD program in neuropsychophysiology. And so it's kind of, I've come full circle. I was, you know, into the body first, really studying and understand the mechanics of the body. Then I went into public health systems and behavioral health and epidemiology in public health and really practiced that in the field um, and got to see it firsthand at CDC and traveling the world, working on these initiatives um, in health. And I also got to see the uh, ugly side of, of um government run public health programming and all of that and how that kind of really disempowers people. Um, And from there, I went off to now focus on what I love, which is the brain and the mind and how they work, understanding the science, but also understanding the more esoteric aspects of it and bridging the gap between the esoteric and the science community, because there's a lot of alignment and there's some connections that a lot of people can't see. And so that's what I'm really focused on now. Um, And then as well, I'm really focused on women's health specifically. And I'm very passionate as a health scientist and researcher myself about women's health because women represent the largest gap in clinical scientific research because of our complex biochemistry and biorhythms. Um, so I would love to dive into that today too. Yeah, that's so fascinating. Actually, do you want to just go for it a little bit right now, but maybe also sure. include, um, you know, just for anybody that might be listening that has never heard the word biohacking or has heard it, oh. but doesn't have an understanding of what it is, what, you know, what, how would you explain it to somebody that doesn't know anything about it as, as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. So my, my main um, social media page is all about biohacking. And that is what uh, Corinne is referencing right now. And it's called BioCurious. And so it's being about curious about your biology. And that's really what biohacking is. Um, my definition that I like to use, uh, my working definition, I call it because it's always kind of shifting. But it's um, taking control of your environment. That means externally, it could be what's going on around you, your relationships, toxins in your home, or internally, your environment internally, your biochemistry, your neurochemistry, your gut, all of that. Um, Taking control of those environments to really make changes to your biology to have specific outcomes that you're hoping for. And so it's, you know, we are all in charge of our own health, our own bodies. And, um, we've been, uh, trained to understand that we are disempowered and not in charge of those things. Um, but it's true. We are in charge of our own biology. We're in charge of our DNA to some extent because of the field of epigenetics that has recently come to the forefront of science and even the medical fields, um, we understand now that we have a lot of control over our biology, over our genetics, over our health. And um, I like to teach people about how they can do that, how they can take control. Uh, I love everything about that. That was a great definition. Um, I'm into some really similar things. My my brand, Artisan Pharmacy, the word pharmacy spelled with F-A-R-M was kind of meant to, to mean that same thing. Like, we have all these tools in our environment, external and internal, that we actually can control. And I got really tired. You know, I dealt with a lot of health issues. I had Lyme disease for 10 years, and I got really tired of being told that I had no power or control, that I was just going to be sick forever. And that was what really got me into all of this ancient wisdom and the understanding that we're vibration. We can shift our vibration. We're always moving through different states of emotion, of being, of, you know, biochemistry, et cetera, like all these things. And they're all impacted by every action we take. Um, I had no idea though, that women, that there was a big difference or a big gap. Could you just maybe touch a little more on like, do you know why that is or why are women so much more complex? So first of all, um, I would like to mention that women's biohacking is different and more important than men's biohacking. And I'm sorry, Alex, I don't mean to leave you out here, but I will explain why. So women because of our complex biorhythms and our, our female hormone cycle, we are very different and so different that our actual biochemistry and neurochemistry makes us essentially four different humans throughout the phase of a 28-day cycle. Now, for men, they're a lot more predictable because they run on a 24-hour hormone cycle that is driven by cortisol and melatonin, our wake and sleep main neurotransmitters, right? So if we look at a woman, we are also running on that same uh, 24-hour cycle driven by cortisol and melatonin. However, layered on top of that, we have a unique female hormone cycle that runs about 28 days, but it's even more complex than that because some women can be 20 days and some women might be 40 days. It's a crazy uh, discrepancy. Now, because of this, we are very, very difficult research subjects. I totally understand that as a researcher. How the heck do you control for a woman being four different people throughout the phase of a month? That's 
crazy, right? But it doesn't make it right. This is why women have been left out of the scientific research. Women have been also disempowered by the medical communities because of this fact. The All of the recommendations that are out there for women as far as exercise, you know, biohacking tools and tech, uh, diets especially, you see everything about the keto diet right now, which can be detrimental for women. We can get into that, but um, all of these things that actually work really well for men because men are primarily researched and postmenopausal women who no longer experience a female hormone cycle. But this is why women, um, it's a good and bad thing. So, so the female hormone cycle is both a limitation in research, which we are hoping to change that with the power program that I'm launching this year. Um, we can talk more about that, but women are, both women's females hormone cycle is both a limitation uh, to the research community, but it's our superpower that the other half of the population does not have access to. If we can understand our unique biorhythms, neurochemistry, biochemistry, how it's changing throughout the month and align our lifestyle and practices to match how we change, then we will be badass leaders, amazing, be able to step into our power and be a lot more healthy. But this takes a little bit of self-experimentation. So this is where the biohacking comes in. Um, women really have to rely on self-experimentation to understand what's going on with themselves. They have to track their own data and apply their own data to make data-informed health decisions, whereas men can kind of rely on the data that's out there. But women, we have to uh, collect our own by tracking our hormone cycles, understanding what's going on, and do a little trial and error. Um, but of course, this can be guided, and that's actually what the, the power program for women um, that we're launching later on this year aims to do. <laughs> I love it. Um... I think it's funny because it's not a negative, right? To like what you shared about men, right? It's like, oh, we're, it's just simpler. Like we're actually just simpler, which I'm like, oh, this is, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for letting me know that I actually have to do less. I appreciate that. Um, I'm curious for, for men or women that are listening, what's like a place to start when you talk about biohacking? I mean, when I look up, I know a little bit about it. When I look up, there's so much and you could make it a full-time job. And most people have all sorts of things, right? And like to become experts on biohacking, they're just not going to do it. What are like some simple, some simple entryways or some th simple things people can do or that you recommend? Yeah. So this might be a little bit of a biased answer from a health scientist and a data nerd. Um, I think that what gets measured gets done, right? So we biohacking is essentially self-experimentation. It's taking things into your own hands and optimize, being able to optimize your own health with your own tools, right? So that means that you actually have to understand what's going on with your body. So for both men and women, this is so important. You have to create a baseline for yourself to understand where you are, to understand where you're going, right? And then you also have to be able to measure along the way to understand if you're heading in the right direction. So a very simple way to start is you don't actually need any of this biohacking tech and gadgets and wearables and all of that, which I love and I totally recommend um, if you have the resources to get some of these things. Um, but if you don't, you can simply use a journal. So tracking simple things like when you wake up in the morning, you know, how long did you sleep? 
What time did you go to bed? What time did you wake up? How do you feel that morning? And then later on the day, you know, how do you feel later on in the day? Did you have any slumps of energy throughout the day? What did you eat that day? Did you move your body that day? Did you get uh, extra or did you get um, uh, natural sunlight? Did you get outside? Did you have any connection? You can track these simple metrics with a journal. You don't actually need anything fancy. Um, the fancy gadgets make it a lot easier because it collects the data for you. Um, but I think that would be the best place to start is first gather your baseline based on what you want to work on. So if, for instance, the first thing you want to do is really optimize your diet, then what you would want to do is keep a food journal, right? Or use some kind of app where you can track what kind of food you're eating, but also you want to track how you feel before and after you eat those foods and the timing of your food. Then from there, you can start to make little tweaks and track the progress and see how you feel differently, better, worse. Okay. Adjust your intervention, better, worse, adjust your intervention and go from there. Those are some really great tips. Thanks for sharing all of that. Um, it's funny because it's so simple, actually. To hear you say it, it's like track, pay attention, listen to your body, and yet these are things that we that we don't do very often. And I, I deal those with my clients as well. It's like we don't pay attention. We get so caught up in the world around us and in the chaos and um, things like that that you forget to tune in to how you're feeling when you do different activities. So I love that, and thanks for providing something that people can do without spending money. Um, the journal is actually great, I think, because you're not using you're getting away from technology which also is good for like calming the nervous system. And we spend so much time on tech. Um, but do you have any like apps or things that you would recommend that might be free that people could download to do any of that tracking? Yes. If they wanted to do, you know, take it a step further, but not necessarily pay for a bunch of equipment. Yeah. So I know a lot of people have some kind of wearable, probably most, whether it be a Fitbit, a Garmin, a, whatever kind of watch that might track some of your physical activity in your sleep, that's a great thing to use. And you can even just use, I think it's like on your iPhone, like your health app. I don't know what it's called, but it's pretty much on everybody's phone. Nobody uses it. Um, that's one thing you can start utilizing. Um, another for women specifically, there's a, there's a few different apps that you can get for totally for free, where you can start tracking your female hormone cycle. Um, I like the one called flow. Um, and that one's pretty simple and it doesn't require, um, a thermometer. Some others, you have to have a thermometer and you take your temperature every day so that you can kind of track where you are in your cycle. Um, you don't have to do it that way, but you can. And there are some others that you can get where you can actually have some kind of wearable that takes your measurement of your temperature for you, and then it will automatically populate in. So those are some great options. Um, as far as tech goes, um, if anybody wants a wearable, like where to start, my overall favorite, and it's actually one of the cheaper ones, is called Biostrap. Um, they actually have the closest to clinical level data um, collection through their application and their wearable. I actually have mine right here. Um, and, uh, and it's really useful. So it tracks your sleep, it tracks your heart rate variability, your blood oxygen level, it tracks um, your, you can do your exercise through there. You can, you can record meditation. You can even just do a biometric recording where it will test the level of your cardiovascular health. Um, 
Um, so that's, that's a great, like basic one to start with. And it's actually the one that I stick with because I know it, it's simple and it's really high quality. So I'm, I, I'm like, man, I don't have any, I don't wear any wearable tech and I love that. I don't wear any wearable tech. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, um, and I also question like, you know, when I, I used to, and I wonder when people are looking at wearable tech and they're getting information, I used to wear it and I would be like, what is this actually giving me? Like, what am I great? I know my heart rate, but what am I doing with the information? Great. I know that I burn calories, but what am I doing with the information? And it seemed like, like we're in a, we're in a period of time where we are obsessed with information and we're actually on information overload. We don't need all this information that we have. So if you were, if you were going to look at somebody from this place of biohacking and we said, Hey, what's like one piece of information that would really make a difference if they were like to monitor one thing and what would they want to look for that, yeah. that that thing would tell them that they could use. My biggest metric that everybody re needs right now, because we are in information overload, we are stressed, our nervous systems are on high alert, um, especially with what happened in 2020 with COVID and the social unrest and everything going on with the election right now, um, is heart rate variability. Find some kind of device that can track your heart rate variability. This is the number one metric that tells you how well rested you are. So essentially, it tells you what your stress threshold is. So for instance, when I wake up in the morning, I, again, I use BioStrap. Um, there are a bunch of other devices that you can get that just do HRV. You know, there's a whoop strap, there's, I don't know, some other ones out there. Um, but it's your heart rate variability. That's the metric that I think is the most important to track. And it can actually inform your decisions for the day. So for instance, if I wake up in the morning and my heart rate variability is a lot lower than it typically is at my baseline, then I know that day, it's not gonna be a great day to go run 10 miles, right? It's not gonna be a great day to have that huge stressful meeting. If there's a way to shift that, I will. It's not a great day to push myself, to stay up late, to have lots of blue light exposure, to be really overstimulated. It's a great day to kind of rest, take care of myself, lay low, try not to be overstimulated. So that's how you can take this metric and make some decisions for your day and understand what you need to do um, to kind of change up your day. There's another really cool device that's coming out this year. Um, it's called SelfSci and actually like self-science. Um, this company is super sweet. They're awesome. They have created a cortisol measurement device. So cortisol is our, our number one stress hormone. Again, I mentioned that on our 24 hour hormone cycle that we all have wake and sleep cycle. Um, cortisol is the, is the hormone that is most active during the day, keeps you uh, awake during your wake state. So if you can track something like cortisol throughout the day, which this is the first device to use at home to track that then you can actually tell how stressed you are, what your stress levels are, and then you can decide throughout the day how to make changes. So if your cortisol is way too high, you can do things like meditation, or you can do some vagal toning breath work, or you can you know, take a nap or whatever you need to do to rest that day, some more self-care. Um, you know, if it's, if it's right on track, then you know that you're taking good care of yourself and it'll be great to kind of push the limits that day and you can go a little harder. Um, so these are just some examples of how you could use some of these wearable and devices or even just your journaling to make decisions for your day. 
And always going back to that, how it's interacting with you, how you feel when you do those activities as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, we're also unique. So it's, I hope everyone is catching that message here that yes. you are, you are unique. So tune into, to, to you and what makes you feel, what makes you feel good. Um, so, you know, we're obviously all about raising the, vib- the vibration, shifting our frequency from chaos and fear and stress into more empowerment, greater health, um, greater energy, all that fun stuff. Um, I'm curious what your like definition of that is or what, you know, raising your vibration means to you and what are your like go-to habits or rituals that you do when you notice you're out of whack and need to get back on track? Mm -hmm. So I think of this through like a neuropsychological viewpoint, I think, um, and that's probably just my nerdy science mind that is likes to take over, but, um, which I love. So go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so the way I think about it is the quality of your mind and your brain is the quality of your reality. So reality is bio-individual. This means that the reality that Corinne you're experiencing right now, Alex, you're experiencing right now. And what I'm experiencing, they're all completely different than each other. There is no one version of reality. Reality is bio-individual, meaning that it is a reflection of the quality of your mind and your brain, which is what I like to call the human operating system, the mind and the brain, which are actually two different constructs. They are related and connected, but they are not the same. So if you think of like the human operating system is is like the computer that runs us, right? And it's in charge of what our reality is. So the brain is like the hardware. It's the tangible physical aspect. And the mind is the software. It's that invisible aspect. What you're talking about, raising your frequency, I think it has a lot more to do with the mind aspect, that invisible, intangible, but very, very, very powerful and important aspect of our reality. So this is has a lot to do with shaping our reality. So if you think about somebody who, for instance, is kind of like a curmudgeon and they're always maybe a victim, lots of bad things might be happening to them all the time and they don't know why. Well, it, it probably has a lot to do with what's going on in their subconscious minds, that underlying um, kind of uh, invisible, intangible, uh, hard to put your finger on aspect of us that actually has a huge part of, of determining what we experience and how we think about things. So this is like our beliefs, our thoughts, our emotions, all of this stuff comes from that psychological mind aspect of the human operating system. So one way to start working on this is to notice, for instance, if you start to get into a thought loop that you don't want to be in. So if you start to get into like a really anxious mood or mode and you might be in fear or, you know, you're kind of running things over and over in your head, that monkey mind that we're all familiar with. When that starts to happen, the first step is just to simply notice it and take note of it. You could even write it down like, all right, today at 10, 10 AM, my mind was racing and these were the thoughts going through, whatever. Um, Take note of it. And then from that point, you will start to notice when this happens. You will also start to notice the physiological response that happens. So for instance, when you get anxious or worried about something, you might feel your face get hot. You might feel your heart 
rate start to increase, your breathing rates start to increase and get more shallow. You'll start to notice these aspects and these cues that will cue you in like, oh, I'm starting to go into that thought pattern that I don't want to be in. At that point, you can flip it. So either seeing kind of the glass half full kind of thing is one way to shift your perspective, or you can just think of something totally unrelated that does bring you a positive feeling and emotion. And you evoke that in that moment and it can help you make that flip over time. That will start to become your new normal instead of the old pattern that you don't want, um, which is your, your normal right now. So what happens is as you change things with, with, uh, doing it over and over and over, your brain will catch on to this and you'll start to create new neural pathways and new neural pathways will become more and more well-worn the more times you go down them. And the more times you go down them, your brain is always looking for the path of least resistance. So it will start to choose the more well-worn path than the old well-worn path because you'll start to create that as your new normal. You've done such a good job on this episode and I don't like that's a weird thing to say but like to make it really simple like you've given us I do I I do a lot of podcasts and you've done an amazing job of actually giving us usable information that anybody can use that's like somebody can do something with right now so I'm just I, I can't imagine what it would be like to do one of your programs or to work with you because right we've been on here for 20 minutes with you or so and you've given us a handful of things whereas if you were going on a deep dive with someone or with a group i imagine you hit on things and create structures that really support people to win and succeed yes i'm all about structure and uh you know stepwise approaches and again that's my science mind coming in um it's hard for people to know where to go if they don't have tangible steps and if they don't fully understand it so you know scientific translation is my uh magic spot and that's actually a lot of what i did for cdc i'll take very complex science and translate it for a lay audience that may not fully understand the science, but they, there's a lot to be gleaned and there's a lot to be um, taken from this really cool scientific work, but it has to be translated to the people who can use it. So thank you so much. That's a, the, the greatest compliment I think I've ever gotten. <laughs> and I'm going to second it because you did a excellent job of putting it into plain English, which is our goal, our goal here. And to send people away with takeaways that they can, you know, start to elevate their lives right away and, and look more into your work. Um, so thank you. I guess the one last thing I wanted to kind of ask you that I just thought of in this little bit of this last conversation is about habits of what a scientist is. Usually people want to make these changes, but they struggle or they may start and then stop um, because those neural pathways and those habits and patterns that aren't serving them are so strong. Um, so I approach this a lot from like, you know, mindfulness and I call it mind fitness, um, you know, that perspective, but do you have anything to say about you know, someone that might be struggling with that and how to approach building a new habit? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'll try to keep this. <laughs> um, so basically I'm going to tie this back to a very unique opportunity that the COVID experience offered to all of us. And it's still here. It's not too late. So basically with something that happens, that's shocking, that changes all of our routines and patterns and makes us think in different ways. It makes us question 
cultural norms and constructs. It makes us do different routines every day. And it really pushes us out of our comfort zone, which may feel very chaotic and not good in the short term, right? However, the reason why it feels really uncomfortable is because it's actually increasing our neuroplasticity And it's also increasing our subconscious suggestibility, which is a a fancy term for our subconscious mind is basically available, more available now than ever to make changes, which is really good news because typically it takes a lot of repetition and a lot of hard work to make new neural pathways and to change our subconscious patterns, right? However, right now, with this experience that we are still experiencing, we are experiencing increased, again, uh, neuroplasticity and subconscious suggestibility, making the availability to us to change behaviors more potent right now than ever. So right now is a great time to start new habits and just keep with it. But it's again, repetition is the best, but it's going to take less repetition right now than it ever would in the history of your life prior to this. So take advantage of this time and make those positive changes. And just one word of warning, I'm I'm definitely not a Debbie Downer, but I just want to make one warning. So because of this opportunity that we have with increased neuroplasticity and subconscious suggestibility, it's also very easy right now to hardwire in some bad habits. So just be aware of that. So if you spend the rest of this year in like a worried, anxious state, that is really being hardwired into your system, into your human operating system. And it's going to be very difficult to change that later on. So if you can start to work to make some of those positive changes, this will benefit you throughout the rest of your life. You nailed it. <laughs> that's perfect and really exciting to know. Um, I'm going to have to do a little more digging into that about the, that's exciting to know that our neuroplasticity is more, you know, that our subconscious is more available specifically because of going through this big shift. So that's why we want to focus on joy for this year, sparking joy and fun, like my, my 2021 mantra. Huh? <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, All right. Well, I'm sad that we have to start to wrap up this conversation. Uh, Before we go, did you have a giveaway or a guide, something that people can grab from your website as a way to further their learning for our Bodhi bonus part of the show today? Yeah. So I thought a lot about this. I typically don't have like a freebie because I think it's kind of a marketing gimmick that I don't love. But uh, I actually have something. So the BioCurious Co-op, it's at BioCurious.co. People can go check it out. Um, I have a member site within that where it's usually $8 a month. But for anyone who wants to reach out to me, you can do it through Instagram, which is at BioCurious underscore Kayla, or you can email me directly at BioCuriousKayla at gmail.com. Send me a note and let me know you want to get into the co-op and I'll go ahead and give it to all of your listeners for free for a year. So it won't be $8 a month. It'll just be for free. Um, And then the other two things I have going on this year um, that are already well worth 
well above the value um, is one, the Women's Power Program, which is a year-long bio-individual data-driven program for women where they will end the year by getting a master's level education in their own individual health. Um, That aspect of the program is run by me, bringing in all the latest science and research and also focusing on self-experimentation. And we are also pulling in lots of data from our women, meaning that we have a whole host of laboratory tests, biotech and all cool things that women are gonna be getting included in the price of the program. So this is for one year commitment, women who will want to make a massive change, change their lives in one year and become their own health expert. Um, And you can find all the information about that at the powerprogram.org, just powerprogram.org. And that's power with an H. So P-O-W-H-E-R, powerprogram.org. And uh Finally, if you go to my website, biocuriouscaleb.com, you'll see what I have going on as far as offerings and ways to work individually one-on-one with me. Um, I have a health optimization medicine practice, um, and I am open to new, a couple new clients, just two or three in, uh, in this year. So if you're interested in snagging one of those spots, you can check that out. Otherwise, just, I would love to connect with anybody who wants to connect in the best way is probably on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much. That program, the power program sounds incredible. I'm going to have to check it out and also recommend that to a few people because that sounds absolutely amazing and powerful. It's a game changer. Yes. Uh, I love it. Um, you're doing such incredible work. Thank you for everything that you do and for being here with us today. I think you just covered your website, which is the other thing I was going to ask and where to find you. Um, your Instagram is the same as your website, right? At bio, It's BioCuriousKayla? Yes. On Instagram, yeah? Okay. So we'll also link all these things down below in the show notes for our listeners. Um, make sure you go and check out and follow Kayla. Thanks again, everyone, for being here today. And we'll see you back in another episode of The Frequency Shifters very soon. Thanks, Thank Kayla. You. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Frequency Shifters. We really hope that you got some value, you learned something, and that there's something from this episode that you can take away and use in your life. Who are you thinking of right now that needs to hear this episode? Please share it with them. Share this on social media, subscribe and like and leave a comment. And please, if you have a comment or an idea or something that you want us to talk about or investigate, leave it online and we will go into those and bring you that information. Please like, share and subscribe and we will see you next time.